0: Welcome to the Pursuit Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. We believe in being real about what the Bible says, simple in how we convey it, and intentional in how we pursue Him. Tonight, I wanna, uh, we, we talked a little bit about uh, focus on what really matters the other week. And, and I feel like you'd be kind of skipping a little bit. I, I kind of want to bridge off that just a little bit. Because if I tell you what to really focus on, and we only spend a week on really what to focus on, and then like the, just going to the next thing, it gets a little confusing. So I, I kind of broke this down. We're going to start a series. It's going to be called Focused. Because I feel like as a ministry, I'm not sure if you're a freshman here, if this is the first time you've ever even been in church. I'm glad you're here if it is. But I think that if we're going to get focused on what really matters, I think we should take a step back and really... Look at the things that really matter, and then, like I said, I split that up into to three little questions, and tonight we're going to be focusing on why Jesus. There's so many other things that you could be doing right now, sitting there watching college football that just kicked off tonight, come on somebody, I'm ready for Saturday, I'm going to hit somebody on Saturday, that's about where I am, I'm excited man, I love college football, but you could be doing a whole lot of other things, but why did you pick Jesus tonight? That's what we're going to kind of dig into. I'm not trying to like, hey, like you shouldn't have chose Jesus. No, like, I'm glad you chose Jesus, and I'm glad you're here. We're going to dig into that, next week will be, uh, what do you do with Jesus? After you've accepted Jesus into your heart, what do you do with Him? Like, There's a whole campus out there. There's a whole mass of people that don't know Jesus. What, what are some practical things we do to share the light of the gospel? What do you do with Jesus? The next week will be, how do I stay with Jesus through the thick and through the thin, whenever it seems like my life has fallen apart? How do I know that I can still lean on Jesus? So that's it. we're, we're going to start this series tonight. Like I said, it's gonna be, we're going to start on why Jesus. And, um, and I want to I take a step, just one step back. And I think it's so cool to understand the blessing and understand it right when it happens because we're quick to forget. I think it's, it's cool that, I, that I've got to be a part of God's plan and God's kingdom in this sense. And I feel like I have one of the coolest, whatever you want to call it, jobs, whatever. I love, I love doing what I do when it comes to pursuit stuff, and I think it's so cool that we went from being like in a, a chapel with just like a very podunk sound system, and like now we've got a podcast out, come on somebody, like that took some work, that took somebody uploading the podcast, that took somebody editing it, that took somebody buying that video board in the back who gave money, and I feel like that just speaks to that there's not just people that... Like you might think, like, man, I've been to church all my life and maybe I just kind of ended up here, but there was somebody who funded that building, there was someone who built that building, there was someone that invested in your life in ways you might not even know. So I'm going to take a step back and just appreciate the blessing for a second that we've gotten to this point. And I praise God for this point, but I also know that I'm an optimist. And I, I've told you all this as we set up chairs. I'm like, I never want to set up chairs and it's like, hey, we might feel like we might have this amount. Like, I know that God's going to break through. I know that God's going to do something, that He's going to work in those conversations that you're having with your friends. But the thing is, is, we still got some empty chairs. We still got some work to do. So I appreciate where we are. I appreciate where God's blessed us with right now. But man, we got so much to look forward to. One of those things being on tomorrow, if you're a dude, we got basketball, and here we got free pizza. And if you turn down basketball and you turn down free pizza, then. I don't know what else I can give you. Just let me know after the service. If you got any other suggestions, please spit them my way, write them on a piece of paper and stick in my back pocket. But I'll tell you, if you think you're going to show up and you're going to like school chase at basketball, I'll tell you something that I heard a really wise guy say one time. His name was Stanley Hudson from the office. And he said, boy, have you lost your mind? Cause I'll help you find it. <laughs> if you think you're going to cross chase over, it ain't going to happen tomorrow. It ain't going to happen tomorrow. So I hope you come and you could try. It'll probably, it'll probably end up happening, but I'll make sure that it doesn't get on anywhere on any videos. That's how that's going to go down, because I am white to my core when it comes to shooting a basketball. So we're still going to try it. Whatever. All right. So if you want to suit Chase, then we, we'll play some soccer. We'll play some volleyball sometime. But um, I want to give you a little bit of context. Like I said, tonight is talking about why Jesus. And I want to look at in a scripture, a piece of scripture. And it's going to be in Acts. Acts chapter 4. If you've got your Bibles, if you'll turn there with me, Acts chapter 4. Kind of cool that this came down today. I, I was I was really praying and I was I was asking God. I was like, God, I feel like I got a piece of scripture and it's kind of weird to like like think that the scripture isn't it because I feel like you like you kind of gave it to me. It's part of the Bible. It's true. Like, why? I, that's just one thing you have to deal with when you when when you do like a, do a small group or something. Like actually picking the scripture that you do. And I uh, I texted my youth pastor and I was like, look, I, I, I'm talking about focusing on what matters and like why do we pick Jesus? And I was like, you got anything? And I ended up on this scripture. And what's going down right here, and it, it, if you're a passionate person at all like I am that kind of likes to like, I don't know, man, I just get juiced up when I'm worshiping. Like, I'm just like, man, like Jesus Christ alone has saved us. And that gets me fired up. I can't just stand there and just kind of like, like just let it happen. I'm like, man, I just, I'm so glad that Jesus saved my soul that I'm no longer going to hell for the sins that I have committed that it's on me. No, I had Jesus step in the place for me and for that, I got to worship him. So whatever that looks like for you, if that's, I mean, if that's standing in reverence, if that's lifting your hands, whatever it is, you're, you're free to do here. But what I see in this scripture, I'll give you a little bit of context. We got this guy named Peter and we got this guy named John and they're almost polar opposites. Do you have a friend like that? That you're like, man, like I'm the talkative one and then there's this one who doesn't ever say anything, but they always seem when they, they say their little one-liner, it's like, write what I need in my life. Peter, Peter's the guy who like says just whatever's on his brain and is quick to spit, man, he, he just, he, he's the quick one to talk, but then we've got this guy named John, who's the one who, kind of stays back a little bit, and he mentioned stuff in his gospel, in his book, that we don't even get anywhere else, he was the one, he was the note taker, so what we got is, we got Peter, and we got John, and these guys, Jesus has come, and he's died on the cross, and he's, he's raised from the gra- grave, and he was, uh, ascended back into heaven and what happens is is that now they have a call on their life not to just keep this gospel thing to themselves no now they get to go and share the light of the gospel and actually share this gospel and so what they're doing is they're sharing that they're performing healings through the holy spirit and what happens is they roll up on this dude who's lame and he's got like like he can't walk he's just messed up and so they walk up and and they start sharing the gospel and they actually like lay hands on this guy and they and this guy becomes healed all of a sudden he can walk again and so everybody's like whoa what just happened like Dude's healed. What's up with that? And so, like, what we see is that it's through Peter. Peter heals this guy, the Holy Spirit through Peter. And it's cool because we skip down a little bit farther. This is in chapter three, and we see that in chapter four, it talks about that there were so many people watching this healing. So many people that it says that the count of people who knew Jesus after this moment was around 5,000. So I was like, that's a pretty good. I, I can put together, like, I feel like a decent sermon, but, like, my dude Peter could spit. He knew the gospel like the back of his hand, man. This dude, talking about passion, this guy had it. He also had the, 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 the healing. The, I mean, he was literally like, this dude can't walk, like get up, and he does it. And so there's these people who see it, and there's also some people that are the religious leaders, the leaders of the law, and they're not cool with it. And so they, they actually take Peter, and they take John, and they throw him into prison. And I think lots of us are kind of quick to tap out when it comes to somewhere that we're like, God, why did you leave me here? And this is where we're going to pick up the story. It says that they... uh. The religious leaders that Paul and, I mean, I'm sorry, Peter and John are there before the court, and this we're going to pick up in verse 8 says that, well, they ask him the question, it says, By what power or what name did you do this? How did you heal this guy? That's what they're asking. How in the bump did you do this? Because I need to know. And if it's not the right answer, then we we might have some pretty harsh punishments for you. And so I think it's cool. Check this out. Check out where, where it says, It says, Then Peter. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Period. Stop right there. Filled with the Holy Spirit. There's not a word that Peter's going to speak in this passage that's not Holy Spirit-driven. I think that's awesome. This is nothing that he says. All with the Holy Spirit. So what we see is it says, "Rulers and elders of the people, if you're being called, if you are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame, and are being asked how he was healed, then know this." You and all the people of Israel, it is by the name Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. He says, Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Check this out, verse 12. Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under the heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. And it goes on to say that, says that when they saw the courage of Peter and John, they realized that these people were unschooled, that they were just ordinary men. And it left them so astonished that they took note that these men had been with Jesus. So I'm going to pray for us and we're going to hop right in. this. God, thank You so much for tonight, God. God, I pray that You just... You take over this service, God. I pray that just like you did Peter, God, you gave him the words to speak, God. I pray that there's not a word that I speak on this stage, God, that you did not ordain. God, I pray that no matter where we sit with our relationship with you, God, I pray, that, God, that you'll just reveal that to us, God, where we sit with you, God. I pray that if there's a relationship that needs to be formed, a relationship that needs to be rekindled, God, that, you will point that you'll point that out, God. So, God, we believe that you're going to answer our question, why Jesus tonight? In your name, Amen, Amen. Y'all can, y'all. If you hadn't said anything to your neighbor, say what's good. Because I always think it's really weird when I sit next to somebody that I do not know. We might print that on a T-shirt and say what's good, if I had my way. I got a question before we really get like like jumped into this too much. Does anybody here like to go on vacation? All right, come on, come on. So yeah, we got like about thirty people that like to go on vacation. I think I think everyone here would. Especially with school starting, it's kind of like, yo, I could really use a vacation like right now. I could go right now. I could go to the beach and I would not feel bad about any zeros that were put in on Canvas, man. I would just enjoy the moment. I feel like if he opened up that door, I would take it. No doubt. No doubt. But I think I I need to point out that if you ever went on vacation with me or you happen to be in my family, you know that the way I pack is probably not like how you pack. Like my packing usually goes on like the day of, the morning of, which I know probably stresses some of y'all out and you're like, don't say another word. But, like, I hate to say that I'm, like, so scatterbrained that whenever I'm packing, I literally am, like, like, picking up, like, socks and I'll go, like, throw them in my bag and then I'm like, oh, shaving kit, I need that. So I'll go run and go get that. I'll throw it in my bag. And then I'm like, oh, man, I gotta get... This. So I'm so scatterbrained, but I literally have to, like, excommunicate everyone in my family when I'm trying to pack because, like, if anyone, like, like gets to be a distraction or, like, interrupts me during my, like, scatterbrain of thought, then I just forget stuff, man. I, I, I am the worst, like, like which is which is cool because like, I'll like, pack all my stuff and have it all in a bag and be like ready to go to the beach, ready to go somewhere. And I'm so excited about this trip. I'm like, man, I'm going to go to the beach. Man, I had not been to the beach all year, man. I'm so excited. And then I get to the beach, I get to Grandma's house, and everything's all cool and all, and I'm excited until I get there and I'm like, yo, you dude forgot a toothbrush. You dude forgot some underwear. And like all of a sudden, like, like, like my excitement is just like going up, 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 up. And then all of a sudden, it's like, but that toothbrush, though, boom. And all of a sudden, I'm like, dude, like, like do I even tell my mom? Because she's going to get mad at me. She's going to be like, I told you not forget the toothbrush. And I forgot the toothbrush. And, and I kind of go back and forth. And then eventually, I'm like, yo, Graham, let me bum a toothbrush. You by chance got two. Like, no, you don't have two toothbrushes. Nobody packs two toothbrushes. And then I eventually have to admit that. But I think that one thing that we need to point out is that, like, there's some things in our life that sometimes are temporary. Like, some things that we like seem to build up or seem to be in our life, and they give us what we want for the moment. Well, when we're talking about like a, life, like a lifetime, they're quick to go. Like, there's some temporary satisfactions. If we were just to name it as it is, if we were to say, you know what, Pursuit Ministries, like, if there's some things in our hearts that, like, for real, if we were to like put them up there on that screen, like, you would be like praying that we took them off. Like, there's some really bad things in our heart, I believe. If we were to just get real about it and just say, you know what, man, like, let's just call it what it is. There's some temporary satisfaction in our hearts. Let's just name a few. I wrote some down. I think that our generation, this isn't just us. This is what our whole, honestly, people all through mankind have been dealing with their temporary satisfactions. Let's name one. I think drugs is something that we all deal with. I mean, like, you literally grow up in elementary school, and they give you a little sticker like, be drug free, and like, that's going to take care of the problem. Like, I got a sticker, so I'm not going to do drugs. Like, come to college, and I promise you that sticker doesn't hold up nowhere near as cool as it was when I was in kindergarten. Like, if people were just give me stickers, like, I'd be like, man, like, dude, like, it's just a sticker, man. Like, come on, help me out a little bit, dude. Like, I'm trying not to do drugs, man. Give me something better than a sticker. Like, give me some cookies or something. So, like, what happens is, is that, like, I feel like something happens that, like, we feel like we can go out and just, like, have a good time. It just starts with we're just kind of, like... We might just drink a little bit, smoke a little bit, and then like, that eventually doesn't become enough, so we kind of move on to something else, and all of a sudden we're kind of smoking marijuana because it's kind of controversial right now, so I'm just going to kind of take the side that it's okay and it's, it's all right, and, that, and so all right, so then it goes from that, and all of a sudden, man, you end up in a place where you didn't even know you were going to be. All of a sudden, each weekend, like the whole week you go through life, and then on the weekend, you just can't wait till the next party. You can't wait till the next function where you get together and you do those things because they're temporary, They literally won't even last the whole week. I think just to go on and put it out there, the reason that the Bible says don't get drunk, I don't think it ever says anything about, like, you know, thou shalt not have a natty light. Like, it doesn't say that, like, Romans chapter whatever. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say that, but I think that it'd be bold to stand out and say, we're going to be the ministry, I'm going to be that Christian, that I'm not going to see how close I can get to the line and still be a Christian. I'm not going to see how much... Drugs? how much I can drink and like not get drunk so it doesn't fit in that. No, I want to live my life as a beacon. I want to be someone that I don't care how close I can get to that line of still being a Christian and still having the worries of the world. No, I want to see how far I can get away from it. What in my life can I take away to look more like Christ? Because if we let ourselves start to try to justify these little bitty actions of like, man, this sex isn't that bad. Like, like you know, it just started where we like, we were just kind of watching a movie and I fell asleep and then like, man, I, I, all, of, all of a sudden I was kind of asleep over there. And then the next time you do it, and I, after a while, it's kind of like you start trying to justify in your heart. And all of a sudden it's just, it's just temporary. It's not there forever. One thing about temporary satisfactions is that it does not involve a commitment. I think that's one thing that when, when, when God's talking about, you know, that, that sex should be saved till marriage, I think that he also wants some commitment involved. Man, like, let's just call it what it is. We got something called Tinder right now that no other generation has had to deal with. Where literally, man, you can just get on your phone and just start looking up. And I see people, like, looking at people, and, like, I'm going to try not to, like, like, look at that person. But, man, like, I heard about something the other day where you could, like, find friends. It was, like, an app about, like, finding friends. Like, that's how low our society's got. Where We don't even want to talk. We just want to, like, hop online or hop on some app, and, like, they're going to, like, show us. And I think, man, like, like, we can call it, like, sex, man, temporary satisfaction, Money. You could be showing up to, to school like, man, I cannot wait to make a lot of money so I can have a good car, have a good job. I'm going to have all this good, good stuff. But what I kind of figured out is that if you want to have a lot of money, you've got to work a lot of hours. And if you want to have like a good family, you've got to actually spend time with them. That's one thing I figured out is like, man, like everybody wants a lot of money, but you can be so seeking of that money that's only going to be temporary. You're going to miss out on some really important things in your life. Last thing, I think, I think just to name the last one and of course the list goes on, I think that popularity is something that we chase. I think popularity is something that, man, we just like, we join these clubs, we join these sororities and fraternities, and we don't go in as like, I'm a, G- I'm a follower of Jesus, I'm going to meet people, and I'm going to grow in a relationship with Jesus, and I'm going to share the light of the gospel. We go in there like, I just need to make friends. And I, I think that like our, like our just the way we were raised is like those friends are almost a direct like correlation of like who we end up being. So I think like popularity, if we continue to chase that, man, we're gonna get to this road that's this this ending. I think that we're talking about these temporary satisfactions and we say, why Jesus? Why Jesus? Man, like there's so many other things I could be doing right now, but why am I gonna choose Jesus tonight? I think because when we talk about these temporary satisfactions, when I think of Jesus, what I read in the scriptures is that he doesn't just like halfway fulfill us. Jesus fully comes into our heart. He fully comes in. He fills that void each and every time. Each and every person. He fills that void. So I'm no longer yearning for like some kind of purpose. I know my purpose. I no longer have to go around wondering if I'm saved. No, I know that it was by grace, through faith, through Jesus that I'm saved. There's no more questions involved with it. Why Jesus? Because Jesus has to be the answer. Because there's a, there's a God-shaped void in our heart that only He can fill. You can try to put whatever you want to inside of that void, whether it be sex, whether it be drugs, whether it be relationships, whether it be, I mean, you name it. You can try to bundle those all together and it's not going to work. Because there's something that, there's something that God who created the universe, when he comes into that void, he's going to completely fill it. I think sometimes we think of God as like this dude who like sits up on a mountain and like throws lightning bolts down at people just like, like I don't know, like Tim Wakefield, like just tossing those things down there. But I think, man, I think that what separates and like what makes like honestly, like this isn't just a religion, it's a relationship because Jesus didn't just stay on that mountain. He didn't just stay in heaven. Whenever Jesus, he came down to earth. That's what makes him different. Why Jesus? Because he came and walked where we want to, where we're walking. He came down from that mountain. He came down from heaven to fill that void. See, there was a void between us sinful people and a holy God. This is kind of a weird concept to, to understand. Is that you've got a God who is unblemished, who is perfect, and you've got us sinful people. That just means that we're in need of a Savior. We're in need of Jesus. That someone had to bridge that gap, because literally God cannot even be in contact with. He can't even look upon someone that's, that's sinful. And man, we live some pretty like we're pretty crappy when it comes down to it. But when Jesus bridged that gap, we were made right with Him. So why Jesus? Because he filled that gap between God and us. He did that and only he can do that. There's no t- that we can try our whole lives to try to bridge that gap between maybe if I'm good enough, maybe if I work hard enough, maybe if I have enough friends that lead them to Jesus, all this what if, what if I think it's so cool that when he's like when we read this scripture, it's like it's only Jesus. There's no one else on mankind that could have done what Jesus did. Why Jesus? I think that it's it's so cool that it's not just a religion where we have to don't do this and do this. This is no. Jesus came down to earth to come into our lives. He bridged that gap, which only He can do. Only He can do. To keep going, I think it's really cool that He points out... Can you throw back up the Scripture where it says that that Jesus is the cornerstone? It talks about... Let's get it up there real quick. Maybe. Um, It talks about... It says that... that, that, Come on. There we go. It says... uh, uh, yeah, keep going. <laughs> uh, I'll pull it out. All right. Pull out your Bibles to Acts chapter 4. No, I'm just kidding. I got it. All right. I think that whenever it mentions, it says... Let's get there. All right, it says, and this is kind of cool because this is actually a reference back to the Psalm 118, verse 22. It says that... It says He says Jesus is the stone that you builders rejected. He says that that's where... The cornerstone. He has become the cornerstone. I think that we're talking about, you know, like we're going to focus on what matters. We want to... Why Jesus? Is because that Jesus is the cornerstone. Then we say that Jesus is the cornerstone. Me and Tyler were talking about this and how cool the... There's lots of times that we're reading the Bible and we start reading and we're like, you know, like there's this, there's this Greek word that kind of helps out our interpretation. But I think that the word cornerstone fits so well and that it's it's in all translations that it's the cornerstone, that it's where we build from. The very first thing that we build from, Jesus is the cornerstone. So we're talking about like like that void in our heart that only He can fill. Jesus is the cornerstone. He's the only one that can fit in that void and He's going to fit in it perfectly. Do we have the faith to trust that tonight of that like I'm not going to ever need or want anything, anything more, because if Jesus is impressed in my soul, if He fills that void completely, there's not a thing that I'm going to do, there's not a day that's going to go by that I'm going to need anything that God won't provide to me. Because I trust and believe that this void that He's filled, He filled it completely. Because if Jesus is all I need, and He's all that I've got, then I don't need anything else. I think lots of times we, we, we've got Jesus, and we've got it in our heart, we've got Him in our heart, but then we kind of go around kind of like, well, what can the world give me? Like, can I still have a lot of money and still be a Christian? Can I still like, have a, like, like do things on the weekend? That's like, no, Like Jesus is the cornerstone. That's where we need to build from and He needs to fill that void and He will fill it completely. Here we go. Here's the last thing. I think it's awesome to point out that when John and Peter, when they go before this trial, I think it's so cool. Like I said, it says that He's, he's Holy Spirit filled. And we're talking about being full, I mean, we're talking about that Jesus is the cornerstone. I think that we can't wait until we get into a point where, where uh, Peter and, and John are to try to decide, okay, now Jesus, I want you to like show up. See, these guys, they have built their life on Jesus. They have built their like their void is filled, built their life on Jesus. He is the cornerstone. That's why when they get put, in front of, get put in front of this trial, it's not something where they're kind of like, what do I say? Is God going to show up? It's like, no, He's actually going to take over the whole entire scene. Jesus is going to win. Like, This is the highlight, the scene of the movie, and Jesus steps in. The Holy Spirit will do that. Because I think that like we have to know that the boldness and the courage that whenever they go before the trial and they start saying, you know, like He starts just laying it out for them, and they admire, they're like, man, where did this courage, where did this boldness come from? I think that when we're really rooted, when we actually have Jesus filling that gap in our hearts, check this out. That there's not a characteristic of being a good Christian, of being bold or being courageous or you name it. There's not a thing that we can take as our own and say, you know, yeah, I'm pretty bold. Like, yeah, I'm pretty bold. I got it. Like, I'm, I'm courageous when it comes to Jesus things because when I know that Jesus comes into my heart and he fills that void completely, there's not a word that I'm speaking. It's the Holy Spirit speaking through me. So there's not a thing in my possession that I have to brag about because it's not mine to begin with. Because I think that when we become Christians, that our lives shouldn't look the same as it did when we weren't Christians. Think about that. Take a second, just a thing. What did your life look like before you were a Christian? All right, now you've become a Christian, or you want to know Jesus, and what does your life look like after that? Did it change? Did it do a 180 where there's some things in your heart you actually got rid of? Because I know one thing, I know that when it says that God is a jealous God, I know that means that He wants to be the number one in my life. So if there's anything else that Chase wants to put into his life, whether that be being good at sports, whether that be being, being popular, whatever, you name it, God wants to be number one so much in our lives. That he's, that he's literally willing to take out anything else so that he can be number one. So sometimes we feel like our life is really falling apart. And I love the song that it says it's really falling into place. Because so many times we think that we have our priorities straight, that our void is completely filled with Jesus. And there's some things that we hate to see go sometimes. With some things we're like, man, why did that friend have to leave? Why did, why did my parents get a divorce? Like, why did all this happen? But it's just all falling right into place. Because if Jesus is our cornerstone, like I said, there won't be another time that we get where we're we're just like going into the world kind of blind. Wondering like, is Jesus going to show up? We know he will. So, Ben, y'all can come on back up. i got three points for us. We've been talking about why Jesus. Why Jesus? I think it's something that a lot of people kind of get overcomplicated. I'm a believer that the gospel is very, very simple that we're in need of a Savior. And that's why we need Jesus. Why Jesus? is because we need a Savior. Because the wages for my sin is death. So I deserve to die. But when Jesus, He came unblemished, never sinned. When He came, that's when everything changes because when that sacrifice, that sacrifice was paid in full. So number one, number one, Jesus did for us what we could not do for ourselves. I think we really need to understand that before we go anywhere else is that there's not a thing that you can do to earn salvation. It's not a thing we can do. You can't work good enough. You can't be a good enough person. You can't not sin. Like you can be as perfect as you want to, but you are still in need of a Savior. You are still in need of knowing Jesus. You can't skip that step. You can't say, you know, I read my Bible all the time. I go to church every Sunday. Come here every Thursday. But if you don't know Jesus, we're missing the point. It's really simple. But I think it'd be crazy for me as a leader to just skip over that because I think that what's so cool about this ministry is that just the outreach of just, man, we got people that are in different sororities and different fraternities and freshmen, seniors, grad students, you name it. I mean, you can probably find it here. and Praise God for it. But I think one thing that we also need to realize is that, man, we can't skip to like the step eight if we don't get the step one first. Because you can go your whole life accumulating everything you think that you need, but if you don't have the one thing that matters, you're missing out. I hate to say it, but I think the Bible is pretty clear on that we are in need of Jesus. And when He bridged that gap between a holy God and just some regular old sinner people that, man, they didn't deserve anything Somebody had to step in, and I praise God that Jesus did that for us. That for my sins, I didn't have to die for them. No, because when I die, I know that I'm going to go to heaven when I really should have gone to hell if I would have got what I actually deserved. So I think as we, like I said, as we're talking about this, we've got to start at step one. There goes that light bar. <laughs> we've got to start at step one, which is picking back up that light bar. <laughs> He said he's sorry, we're all good. That was just some sick bass. I thought he was killing it. Jesus did for us what we could not do for ourselves. Not a thing we can do to earn our salvation. No, it's freely given. It's by grace that we've been saved. It's not by works. It's not by how good you look. Because I'd be, no, I'm just kidding, I'd be in heaven. No. <laughs> not a thing we can do. Not a thing that we can do. Number two. Number two. Jesus fills our lives completely. Man, this is crazy. I think it's so crazy when us, me Christians, that get so stressed out about the smallest things and like, like, just like they're like walking around, kind of like, man, I'm so stressed out. And I'm like, dude, like, if Jesus fills your heart completely, I'm not saying you're not going to worry. But if Jesus fills our hearts completely, there's not a day that's going to go by. It's like, I know I'm going to eat and I want have somewhere to sleep, and even if not, God is still good. Jesus fills our lives completely. When he steps in that void, there's not another. That's when you see people, when they come to know Jesus, they make a 180. They completely change. There's not going through life seeing what else they can get. It's like, now that I've got Jesus, let me see what else I can get. It's like, if they really understand the power of the gospel, and understand what Jesus did for them, game changer. I often say that it's a whole new ball game once you understand what Jesus saved you from. When you start looking at that sin, that temporary satisfaction, because you already, whenever you sinned, you were you, right then you were like, not going to heaven. He sinned. That's where Jesus stepped in. Jesus fills our lives completely. Number three, this is a pretty cool point. I had to dig for this one. And me, like I said, me and Tyler talked about this. Number three, Jesus is for everyone. I believe this to my core. I believe there's so much to my core that, man, there's not a day that goes by that I don't want to tell someone about Jesus. Like, I don't want to walk to class and just kind of wonder like, hey, God, did you put that person in my life for a reason? I would rather like overstep that and talk to people that he didn't necessarily put in my life for a reason and talk to people I might have not really should have or he really opened up. I'd rather have so many conversations than to live my life and say, God, I wonder if you opened up that door. So I know if God opens up a door in my life, I'm going to take it because Jesus is for everyone. Because there's not a sin that you have done. There's not something that's so deeply hidden within your heart that Jesus cannot save you from. Check this out. Whenever, whenever Jesus stepped down from heaven, all right, here's the distance. Let's say that this is heaven right here. This is heaven. He made this gap. He bridged this gap that's so big Can't even hardly replicate it on this stage. It's so big. He stepped down from heaven and made this journey, this gap. He bridged it. He made this. The only person in all of history and all of eternity that's going to bridge that gap is Jesus. But sometimes we see Jesus right here. And we see this sin that's standing about right here. And we feel like God can't relate to it. I can tell you one thing. If Jesus came all the way from there to here... Man, He can meet us right here. He can meet us tonight. He can meet us right here. We're so times we get so stressed out. We get so worried about, man, this sin in my life is so dark. There's no way that anyone else is going to understand. I think if we were to really open up our hearts and maybe tell somebody, if we were to pray about it, we would see that there's people that walk on our campus that come to this ministry that might be going through the same thing that you are. And that you're supposed to be their saving grace. So we worried about this little bitty step of like, man, I wonder if God's okay with this. He's okay with it. That's why he came to meet us right here. He's okay with it. He wouldn't have come all that way if he wasn't okay with this, because he came to forgive us for our sins. That's why he came. Why Jesus, he did something that only he could do. He bridged the gap. Why Jesus? He fills that void completely. End it on this. Why Jesus? There was a price too expensive. There was a debt so big that we couldn't pay it. There was a gap so big that we couldn't build across it. That our only option is Jesus. He's our only option. So we can keep dwelling in those temporary satisfactions, or we can tune into the fact that Jesus died on a cross for us, our sinful selves. This salvation is freely given. All we have to do is accept it. So tonight, I don't know if you need to, in this next song, if you just need to sit there and think about, man, like, where do I sit with God? What's in my heart that's not letting Jesus completely fill that gap? This might be the first time you've ever been at church. Ever first time you've ever been to anything like this. The gospel's been laid out for you that you're in need of a Savior you want to talk more about that I'm going to be in the back like I said I don't just believe that some random people are going to show up on here on a Thursday I believe that God put each and every one of you here for a reason whether that reason be man you just need to get out of your apartment for a second or you need to have an experience with a holy God and the experience that Jesus he bridged that gap that Jesus is the answer why why Jesus Because he loves you so much that he was willing to step down from heaven to meet you where you are. No shame involved with that because we're all sinners. All in need of a Savior. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. Help us spread the word by writing and sharing this podcast.